No Driving Gloves were a combination of gearheads. John, the instigator. Derek, the conserver. Will, the builder. And maybe a guest. Invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast at No Driving Gloves. Time now for the ride. Hey, we're here. I guess I got to update the, um, what do I want to say? Intro somehow. Yeah. We never see Sean. And Will. Um, we never see he, Will. Well, he gets, well, we saw him the last two weeks. Well, well I saw him the true. last two weeks, but we had audio issues two weeks ago. And we had some pre-show here and don't know what it is. And we're being joined by Jason Hill tonight because this kind of topic needs, um, what do I want to say, four people or three people to talk and debate it out? Yeah, at least Otherwise, three. Otherwise, it gets a little yeah. boring with Derek and I in our matching glasses. Exactly. It's like a chess match. What was your um, frame manufacturer? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, come on. It should be easy. Helium. Yeah, see, so they're not because mine are Nike. Uh, well, I don't buy into that brand name crap. So. And I should probably have some, but I don't. <laughs> Actually, I have, do I look better with them or without them? With you're right. Turn you around. Stop it. <laughs> Stop you guys. More distinguished with. Oh, so if anybody saw our post, and I probably should pull up that from earlier today, we're doing one of our speed rounds tonight. Speed round. Yep. We'll throw out a topic. We really hope some listeners throw on some topics and I've got the timer set. What do we want to do? Five minutes, three minutes? Hmm. Hmm. Let's go with five. But if we like, if it just dies off, it just dies off. Well, I feel like three could be we when we do three. Sometimes we run out of time. Right. Well, that's and the then objective. we drift. So we're going with five. So we're going with five because that's actually right, what you, I got the timer set for behind me. Look at that. I don't have my cool <laughs> graphic behind me. You got a timer behind you. Oh, I've got a gear let me push some buttons here and see if I can make uh, my other computer do something. And uh, maybe I can find out. Uh, oh, I thought I somebody say. commented earlier. Now I don't see it. Oh, somebody commented. Uh, well, do you really want to kick it off or did, did I introduce Jason? I forgot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you kind of introduced Jason. I think most of the avid listeners know who Jason is. And instead of having Jason comment all night, we're, we're going to have him comment show. all night. <laughs> and banter back and forth with his wife that's in the other room. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah, well, mine, sits find, be- yeah. My, mine, girlfriend, sits behind me, and I think she occasionally forgets that I'm on a microphone. Occasionally. But I think everybody enjoys it. I get comments about that. So I'm good with that. I got all these buttons here I can push now and see what goes on, but I don't know. Now I've got to wait. J- Jason, you can't comment in the comment <laughs> section when you're on the show. Come okay. on. Hmm. Why? Well, I don't know. So let's see here. Let me get my cursor over to where it needs to be. Wait a second. I 
Okay. Okay, am I on the uh, start button? Got so many dang monitors, and I've got the timer on the monitor that's the worst. Well, wait, here's my question. Do you have, so are we going to kick it off with the uh, comment that was made by the listener? That's what I was going to do, or do we want to just throw one out? No, no, I want to do that because I'm really, I cannot, literally cannot find it, and I cannot remember what it was. Oh, bummer. Oh, wait, there it is. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Dan. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, let's go. Set it for five. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, <clears throat> let me get my cursor up there. Hope Dana, said Dana said she couldn't hear me when she was on the uh, in the other room in there. Uh, that's you just hear me okay? It's selective hearing, Jason. She's got, She's got it on probably. mute. Yeah, yeah I, I, I should tell her to unmute me. Uh. Do I need to double check we're actually broadcasting and people aren't just watching our lips move? Nah, well, that, uh, I mean... If anybody's out there listening, let us know. Um, hopefully you can hear us. Or, you know, it might be better if you can't. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, she can hear. Wonderful. All right. Thank you. And Gary, Gary Conger, uh, we are good. How's it going, oh, Gary? Yeah. Good to see you tonight. Oh. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of numbers jump there. there are you go. ready? Um, we are ready to the, roll. Do you remember what the comment was? Did you say you found I, it? I just looked it up. Yep. And I'm, I had you said it, I would have remembered and I'm ready to go on that one. We're going. Right. Am I, am I leading this off? Because yeah, you've got it in front of you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. We got the counter going. So Dan, uh, listener, Dan Garrett, uh, sent in on Facebook a uh, comment of what is the definition of a muscle car? So he's hoping we will define or discuss, debate, argue about what exactly the term muscle car means. Who's going to kick it off, guys? Come on. I just reset it to five minutes, so he gets a full five minutes of debate. Muscle car, something that goes in a straight line, high horsepower. I don't ever think it's like um engine powered to excess um um i i just never think of a muscle car as something that'll um go around corners like i said straight line drag racing um let's see here and it's see when you say muscle car it gets me confused with a because pony cars are muscle cars, and you know I don't think no. a Mustang is a muscle no. car. It's a pony car. Pony cars are pony cars. Sports cars are sports cars, and muscle cars are muscle cars. The big so thing you- you're missing. The big thing you're missing here, John, is that uh, a muscle car is a two door sedan, full two door sedan, i.e., uh, Pontiac Le Mans, um, that has had a high horsepower, large engine typically a V8 placed in it in place of a smaller displacement engine in the family car and rebadged as something like a GTO. Your pony cars are not a full sedan. They have the smaller back seat. They're a, a, a let's call it a close coupled, um, you know, or maybe a two plus two would be better if you're thinking of the British terminology. What about uh, a Grand Torino? Like a Ford Torino? 
they might have a family version and then they also have one that's muscle car. Well, that's, yeah, and that's where they get kind of, yeah, they, you know, as, as the, I think as the years went on in the muscle car era, they got a little blended in, uh, to that, you know, what, what defined, but typically your muscle car always, like you just said, Jason, you always had a larger high horsepower engine in the muscle version of that. And as Gary says, this is a uniquely, huh? Double talk. What do you mean? Now, now we're good. When you were talking, you were getting a, it was repeating everything you were saying about a second delay. It was probably worth repeating. (laughs) Anyway, that's that is the muscle car. Muscle oh, car. Go ahead. You know, if our uh, if our um, um, producer uh, was on the ball here, maybe things would go a little smoother. Hey, you get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, where I was repeating myself thirty <laughs> seconds later, muscle car equals two door sedan. Family sized, large V8, high horsepower engine. That is the definition of muscle car. And of course, it is an American definition. There there are no muscle cars from Europe or anywhere else. It is a truly and uniquely American type of vehicle. Sports cars. And does it have to have a sort of a fam, not really a, a family version, but a stock? Or non-muscle version? Typically. I mean, you think about like the the GTOs and the, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, classifying everything that was out there and I'm drawing blanks right now. Uh, but, you know, most of your big, you know, your, your CUDAs, your, you know, they were, you know, the Barracuda and then the CUDA, right? So mm-hmm. you had the Barracuda, then you had the CUDA, you had a, a family two-door sedan, Typically a post, although they did do some hard tops. Even G, if I remember right, a couple of years of the GTO had a true hard top and a post version. Um, but you know, yeah, there typically was that family edition that they then just added a package to, right? And that was GTO. Eventually, for a couple of years, had its own VIN number series. It became its own car with its own VIN number. They didn't do that for long. I think it was 68 to 72, if I remember correctly, um, for the, you know, over a run of 64 to 74, that's a short window, but you know, it, and it is truly American, you know, sports cars were out there, GT cars were out there, but muscle cars were truly American. I'm sorry. I wasted the whole five minutes. Great debate. See, that's that's how you that's how you win the argument. You just use the whole five minutes. (laughs) Boom. Nobody can debate it. Well, it was a great topic because (laughs) that's not the button I was going to push, but that seemed very appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now that Derek's that's the show for the night. All five minutes. (laughs) Thanks for coming, everybody. Good night. Oh. You want to put another five minutes on and, and you can go at it and then another five minutes and Jason can have his. <laughs> it's not five minutes each. It's five <laughs> minutes total. Oh, see, I always thought Derek had the floor for five minutes. I got gotcha. you. No, he's no. 
and just to let the listeners know, and I guess Derek will find out, and if Will's watching, um, we've got a new outline, and nobody's going to be allowed to talk more than three minutes. Oh. So, so you know, none of these five-minute dialogues and Will 10-minute, 15-minute speeches, which, by the way, we're going to go ahead and uh, plug one of our sponsors, which is Big Oak Garage, and is seeking uh, employees. So if you're interested in maybe trying your hand at building hot rods and have some experience, um, give uh, Will an email. Check them out, bigoakgarage.com. So and that's an amazing shop, too, because if you think it's like some little, you know, I don't know if you know Will or not, Will, but if you've never toured his shop, he has a first class everything over there. He has all the English wheels, the old school, the new school. He's got a beautiful paint booth. I mean, that I, when, when we took a tour of his garage, when, I, when we thought we were done, we went into the paint section and it's just amazing. Everything over there is first class. So if you're going over there, he's got a better paint booth than the National Corvette Museum. It's pretty nice. He does. You're right. He does. Because <laughs> I believe he donated in a roundabout way his old paint booth to the museum. So do either one of you get some? Let's try to do this in some sort of appropriate English. Do either one of you have a topic to jump into? Hey, y'all got a, a, a topic <laughs> that we could uh, might talk about. I, I thought South. Will. I thought Will wasn't on the show. <laughs> actually, Will, if you Sorry, go back Will. and edit the shows, is actually one of the best speakers on the show. I, I'd like to challenge that. Yeah, Will doesn't uh, use very many crutch words, but other other hosts make up for it. I don't use crutch words either. I just use my normal vocabulary that includes a lot of ums and uhs. That's just part well, of the vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good topic to start with because uh, it's going to help me kind of jump off from there because I've been so streamlined and the cars that I like to read about and follow and know about the history. Um, I've, I'm forcing myself to read about other vehicle brands and makes. I mean, I'm familiar with them, but probably not as much as I should. So, you know, when we talk about muscle cars, you know, I've actually did a little bit of reading this past week about the, uh, the, the Trinos, you know, just because it's a Ford line. I usually don't read much into that, but I'm, you know, trying to look and see what else is out there. And there's a lot of interesting reading too, instead of trying to focus on just one brand. I think it's good to be, have a mix of everything. So I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to look up and see, what other brands have, say, special editions that are above and beyond their normal production models? Nice. So, okay, so I'll, I'll, I've got something that I want to talk about. It kind of fits into this whole uh, – uh, sorry, John, don't mean to make you edit with ums. It kind of fits into this whole terminology discussion we're essentially having with muscle car and – I, I was going to crack a joke when, when Jason said English wheel, but you know, I won't, you know, I, I wonder what they call them in England. Do they just call them a wheel in there? Anyway, <laughs> the wheel. The wheel. So in a terminology aspect, you talk about muscle cars, sports cars, pony cars, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, then you even get into defining all the different body styles that we've had brief conversations about, but the one thing that I've been thinking heavily about lately is, and I'm not going to give my thoughts on this. I want one of you two to jump in first. What is a replica 
and what is a recreation? So what is the difference between replica and recreation? Somebody take it. Hmm. Well, the first thing I go to is the Cobra. You see a lot of those. You go to a car show, you see them. Um, I feel bad for the folks that may have an authentic Cobra, even though there's not that many out there. Because I'm sure the first question they get, is that an authentic? Is that real? Is that a reproduction? Um, Everybody I know that has a real Cobra, (laughs) that is the first question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to have one of those Countach, you know, Lamborghini Countach. But the first question after spending all that money on a reproduction, the first question you're going to get, is it real? And so I suppose that has to be a metric along the way, you know, or, you know. I go a replica is something that's designed to look like something else. Um, I guess Cobras, Countaches are probably some of the better examples where this, you know, you put you put a Countach on a Fiero that's that's a replica it's not a recreation the guy who sits down and welds a tube frame together and puts the maybe go back to uh i can't remember what episode i could look it up really quick uh when we had the three episodes on the guy who was building his own um lamborghini with actual support from lamborghini uh three 3d printing a lamborghini he's building more of a recreation um trying to replicate everything exactly and not fudging a dimension to make it fit on a chassis that wasn't quite designed for it. Something that's kind of universal. I've got a friend that has a Auburn recreation. Everything about it is exactly like his, it's an 883 Speedster. Everything about it is exactly like his 883 Speedster, except he's able to drive this one. And it's only only where... God, this language has given me trouble tonight. It's English t- is my second language. It's tough. Uh, the only difference is he's actually got an Escalade drivetrain in it to make it a little bit more usable. But other than that, everything is spot-on Auburn. So that that's kind of it. Is you, a recreation has no fudging except then we get into the resto mod thing but has no fudging or no deviation from the real product it's your turn Derek. this is my turn now all right 215 okay i can burn it okay so i'm actually a little bit on the opposite page as you john whereas i look at breaking the words down well recreation breaking that actually down into what it means, which is to recreate. And when I look at that word and think about create, that means you have to create something from nothing. So the way I look at recreate, the the way I, uh, I am, and I'm not dead set on this. I'm I'm trying to figure this out because it is such a uh, loose terminology in the, the automotive world right now. But the way I would look at it is a replica is building a replica of something that still exists. So you're actually able to take all the measurements, everything off of a, an existing vehicle and 
replicate those exactly because that's what you're doing. You're replicating something. You're actually taking something that exists, measuring it, doing everything to replicate it exactly. Recreating means to me that whatever you're building no longer exists and you're actually recreating it from scratch off of photographs and maybe documents that exist and you're actually involved in the recreation of that vehicle rather than just replicating what currently exists to build off of. Whereas That's replica, the way I lean. A replica is more, I suppose, you're paying homage to something that you admire, a style. Yeah. Similar. You recognize the work of you know, the Bitsarini or anything like that, and you want to design something similar to that or a Coyote or a Manta or whatever those are you want it to look similar but you don't want it to look exactly the same well it could you know, that's that's what i'm saying a replica the, the original exists so you could build it exactly the way that the original is the recreation you're recreating you're actually having to completely recreate something oh what's like the volume may be a little too loud on that, John. It was kind <laughs> a of hot. It was a little hot yeah. on this end. Yeah. Well, you you got the gong though, didn't you? <laughs> That's paying homage to the uh, old game show. I can't think of the host, but it was the Gong Show. You remember the guy you store the paper, the unknown comic? That was it, paper sack. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Phil. Thank you. And thank you to your friend for using the Lane Motor Museum. Uh, I, I actually, I really like, can I jump off our five minute thing right now? Because I really like Dana's comments. Jason, sorry. Going to bring your wife into this. Back right here. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just have her on the show and Jason. Yeah, can right. <laughs> yeah. Jason can run the comments. No, uh, Dana had some really good comments. Points to talk about, which she had, she did not know that older cars came with parts separately that you had to order. And I can say that, yes, that's very true because the Roosevelt that my dad and I own, 1929 Roosevelt built by Marmon, was the first straight eight in America sold under $1,000. Caveat to that $995 if you drove to the Marmon factory and picked or took the train or whatever and picked the car up at the factory because to be $995, it did not have the fender mounted spare tires. It had a spare tire mounted on the back of the car. So you didn't get the luggage rack. And then it also did not come with the front or rear bumper. If you wanted those, you paid extra. Who needs a bumper? So back then, nobody, they didn't do anything back then. They just kind of softened the blow a little. And uh, as for gas tanks under the seat, yeah, I, I, if you guys haven't gone for a ride in my 490 Chevy, the gas tank is under the front seat in the 490 Chevy touring car I have. So yeah, if you want to have a little fun and sit on a gas tank, come on over. Well, the gas tank was under the Model T's seat, seat, seat in a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. Most early cars. Makes it really I, interesting at gas stations nowadays when you pull in with one and you like shut off and both people have to get out of the front seat and they take the front seat out. And people are going, what, what are you I mean, doing? You gotta, actually, most cars still have the gas tank under the seat, except it's the rear seat. The rear seat. 
And at least it's not in front of the rear bumper like in the Pinto. That was never a good design. The Pinto would have never happened if we it would have been a perfectly good car if they w- would have done the same cost cutting measures that they do today when building a car. Do you know what caused the issue in the Pinto? Style. <laughs> they used uh, screws in the hatch that were roughly three quarters of an inch too long that they didn't need. And that's what would pierce the gas tank when you were rear ended and create the explosive situation. Oh. And I, my argument is they would not have bought those bolts. They would have bought cheaper bolts that were shorter because even at three tenths of a cent, a bolt, it adds up when you're building 50,000 of something and you're using four per car. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Economies of scale are is a wonderful thing. And now there's a tank inside of a tank now, right? Is there some sort of bladder in there or, you know, as opposed to back then, it was probably just a metal tank. I don't think there's a bladder in there. That, there that would be more of a fuel cell. Hmm. But yeah. they're comp- now they're composite plastics. They yeah, they're there's no metal to spark and go boom. Just all the electrical stuff that's around it. Well, you know, fumes, electricity, whatever. Battery cells. All right. Keep the round table going. Who's next? So what's keeping the what's starting the uh, the batteries from blowing up right now? Everybody, all these electric cars are always on fire every time I see a video. There's a battery blown up. What's causing that? Well, if you're going to do, oops, I got to start the timer. Oh. There we go. I think if you're looking at it, you see a lot of videos of it because it's something people talk about. It's like the Felicity Ace when it sunk. Everybody talked about the battery fire and the elect, you know, the the lithium batteries that were on there is actually what sunk the boat because they could not put out the lithium battery fire. Nobody ever said if it was the lithium batteries that created the problem, if some guy on the boat was smoking and dropped a cigarette and it caught something on fire and then the lithium batteries as part of the fire caught fire. So it's it's not necessarily, I want to say, the electric cars and that. If It's just the hot, no pun intended, it's the hot topic. How many gasoline cars have a fire every day? People aren't filming that because there's no controversy around it. But you, you get a Tesla or a Lucid or a Rivian and that that catches fire. Heck, it might not even be the battery. It might have just caught fire because somebody dropped their cigar in the front seat. Uh, but I guess it has flame retardant material, but you get my point is it's just, it gets the views. It gets the downloads. I mean, heck, uh, we should go ahead and uh, start filming them and we'll play them in a little thumbnail in the corner. We should cut this timer short on this one. Cause we're not supposed to talk about electric cars. No, we can talk about electric cars. That's actually going to be cu- coming up as a big topic. Uh, I hear Ooh, that. I'm busy I think it's Rivian. Is Rivian just uh, decided they're going to do something over on the other side of Atlanta? Um, they were looking for a second location for their factory. Uh, so, and I, I didn't hear if that's where they chose, but they were, uh, were or are looking, which you've got to wonder. The 
company is great product. If they can get through their financial hardships, I guess we kind of changed topics here in the middle of the debate, but if if they can get through their financial hardships, it'll be great. But the you know the, the thinking is they're not being they're not producing trucks fast enough to fill the orders. So let's spend what a couple hundred million dollars build a second factory and fill the orders. Eventually, the orders are going to you know slow down. There's going to be other you know when the Ford Lightning hits in the next couple of months, that's going to be that's going to be a major major player in the whole electric gambit thing. Never mind being just competition for the Rivian. It'll be comp- competition for everything out there. You know, Teslas and what uh, throw out the Lucid and I can't think of. For some reason, I can't think of anybody else. It's not going to be a the Silverado E. Yeah, but I don't think I just don't think the Silverado E is going to grab it the way the Lightning's going to. I could be wrong. Um, well, know, I Dodge, think they're Dodge the, the, just going to throw a Hellcat and something and yeah, you know, exactly. call it good, like up the meme I put up. But yeah, I mean, I think the 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 Ford playing off the Lightning name, which was so, so popular when they built the lightning truck previously, obviously not electric at the time, but playing off that name, it has a following. It has this, I went to high school with a guy that he absolutely loved the lightning truck. I, as far as I know, I think he still has the lightning truck he had back when we were in high school. I I think he's held onto it and, and keeps it. But I think there's there's that cult following of that name. So can and I think that generation of people that were into that first lightning are young enough that they'll accept the electric movement that that is going on right now and be interested in the truck. And that's where, like you say, with the Silverado, it's just carrying on the existing truck name, the Silverado name, and putting an e after it oh the silverado e aren't we classy you know the the sierra e i don't know is that going to be for gmc Uh, i don't know are you i I, I did think i did think today that uh, i I noticed i was following a denali and i realized if you you know kind of pull the last three letters off and uh, rearrange them you you could have the denial you could have the (laughs) sierra denial Hmm. So maybe it'd be the Sierra E denial. I don't know. You have if, way too much time. If you send the letters off and rearrange them and change just a couple, you can have anything you want. I'm saying using the same letters. Gong. <laughs> oh, no oh, fancy sound? A, uh, no fancy sound this time? Again, oh. our, our producer, and, producer and soundboard operator is sleeping on the job. By request. <laughs> hey, speaking of drive, how is the new drive, Derek? Fantastic. It's not it's, too much longer, it's, is it? It's not bad. It's maybe 10, 15 minutes longer. It's, it's nothing. And I get to see more stuff, you know, Different see more stuff. crazy crazy people driving through Nashville. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, all the good stuff. Oh, yeah, because you have to go through Nashville now. Go through the... Around the east side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where the Jeffersons live? Yes, yes, yes. They moved up to the east side. <laughs> You're right. Oh, 
Now I forgot what I was going to... Dang, quick... Quick quip, and what's too heavy? What's too heavy for a car to be on the road and be driven by the average person? Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, as, I, I was going to say, as, as of heavy, right now, I can go out and drop 180 grand and get me a 10,000 pound Hummer. Should the average person be able to just go out and drive a 10,000 pound tank down the road? Most of those heavy cars are expensive. The Bentley, the Rolls Royce, the the Hammer you're talking about, those are all heavy. Those are all so expensive cars. I don't think the what is the weight of a Rolls Royce? It felt like a dually or something. Heavy. Here's my thing. I, I while you're looking that up. I don't know that there is a too heavy. I think I think the question should be is too heavy a problem or is too lightweight a problem? Because it's when you get to lightweight that you get excessive speeds and vehicles going airborne in accidents and doing more damage. When you have something as heavy as a Bentley or a Rolls-Royce or a Hummer, well, center of gravity comes into play too because you know it's something higher up that's heavier much more likely to roll but a heavy vehicle typically stays planted better and doesn't always reach the excessive speeds of light lighter weight cars that can go airborne that's my that's my first take on it. uh curb weight on a let's see here 2022 Ghost is 5,445 pounds. Curb weight on a 2022 Accord is 3,430 pounds. So one ton difference. But, and what gets me thinking about this, and I don't know if this is the law anymore, but as I've said many times, I grew up in Illinois. And you had a like a class A and a class B license. The class A lets you drive cars or things on the road up to like 8,000 pounds. Anything over 8,000, you had to actually take a different test and have a different endorsement on your license. And that prevented you know people from going out and buying 3,500 dualies and putting a 40-foot trailer behind them and you know scooting on down the road or you know, going out and buying a dump truck and commuting to work in it but that's really what no difference if i decided you know i want to go out and buy an international dump truck and drive to work or if i want to drive an electric hummer to work they're both ten thousand pound vehicles my major concern with the cars today isn't so much the weight as it is all the extra stuff people are doing the cups the drinks the food the texting the all that stuff autonomous driving which doesn't work half the time, I don't think. Well, That's we been, we now have the next 10 minutes filled. <laughs> <laughs> All of it filled. I I, I, I still, I, I guess on my take, I'm still more worried about the cars that are lightweight, high performance that people don't understand how to drive. I guess I'm not as worried about the heavy cars. 
that's just my, I guess it's my take on it. I, it's like saying, would you put just an average Joe in, in a Lotus race car and send them out on the track? No, because the first thing they're going to do is floor it and go flying off the track. No, they're not. I didn't most of the time. I I don't know. I I guess to me, the, but then again, I grew up around heavy vehicles and lighter weight vehicles, but I grew up, grew up on a farm driving heavy stuff. That's that's funny. So I, I I too grew up on a farm in Ohio where, I mean, I grew up driving a combine or a tractor or whatever, but yet they want people to take a test to drive heavy vehicles, but yet you can sell somebody a special edition charger, challenger, Mustang, you know, pick your poison. Uh, they, they sell those to anybody. You don't have to need to get special license to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, let, Jason, let's think about the 2019 ZR1 Corvette. Anybody could buy that that had the money. The highest horsepower production car built. Supercharged. I mean, it just, oh, yeah. I mean, I've I heard many stories of people losing control. You cut us way short. Yeah, yeah. we changed. Yeah, we, we changed we topics on that one. We changed topics. We're talking about our cars. How too much performance? Uh, okay. But yeah. we were also talking about a lightweight, high performance versus a heavy car. We were talking about the weight of an automobile. Okay. Well, anyway, no, you, you gave you me an extra. You gave me. An, you gave me an extra five minutes. So here, I'll fill <laughs> the five minutes. How's that? But you're right, Jace. I, that it, you 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 have to have a special license to drive a heavy, overweight ve- overweight vehicle. What about underweight vehicles? What about vehicles that are have a a power to weight ratio that is that of a race car? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have I to have- to go out on track. If you're if you're to go out on track, you have to have special license. You you, you know if you're really racing. You're, you're supposed to have a license, but yet we're going to put in the hands of the average Joe, a car that's capable of everything that race tr- car is doing out on the track and just be like, eh, you know, have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the internet is full of videos of people with their Lamborghinis just, you know, mm-hmm. at a stoplight and they're gone and, and there it is around a pole. Look at all the Mustangs just turn left out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have friends that have had ZR1s that they just have sold them because they said it's just too much car. And that's even for an avid person that can handle a car fairly well, fairly decently. Those that have even been to a track and had track days and driving lessons and so forth. And they recognize that some of those cars are just too much for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking here. You're talking about lightweight, high performance vehicles. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can buy a Lucid Air with 1,100 horsepower. Um, it weighs 5,200 pounds. You can buy a Tesla Model S Plaid. Pretty much the fastest car available right now. 4,766 pounds. So weight has nothing to do with performance anymore. I mean, I don't get the 
That's why I well, changed. That's true. It. That's true. Okay, then then yes, if we're going to look at that, yes, you're right. Performance and weight don't always go together. But if you if you were to take the power to weight ratio of that versus your heavy cars that you're talking about, there's a big yeah, there there's that bit there's still a big difference. And to me, even with something like the the Tesla plaid. What's the Tesla plaid way? Forty seven sixty six. Forty, yeah. Thousand twenty okay, horsepower, it's... zero to sixty in two seconds flat. Not many people can handle that kind of power. Mm-hmm. And that's why I four or three and a half minutes ago flipped the timer. And it's a topic I wrote down is just because you've got a and I don't know this is what an S starts. It's not what a plaid. Just because you've got a $135,990 to drop on a Tesla Model S does that mean you're qualified to drive it? There's a reason when you buy used to buy a Viper, you got a complimentary racing school. When you buy a Lamborghini, you have a complimentary driving school. When you buy a Ferrari, there's a complimentary driving school. When you buy a Mustang GT500, there's a complimentary driving school. Corvette. I was going to say, I believe Corvette even had a complimentary driving school. Has. And has, the, reason, had, has. The, the reason these exist is to defer liability because if you go out and drop your 200 grand on a ZR1 or um, your Lamborghini or whatever, and the first thing you do is go plow it into a wall, you can't say you sold me too much power. They're going to go, we offered to teach you to drive it. And it's, I, I think those, those complimentary driving schools, why they sound great, they're there as an insurance deferment. Some lawyer came up with that idea. But, 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 but that is only for the owner that buys it new from the dealership, not for everybody else that's going to own it after that as a used car. But that, when you're buying things used, you, you take yeah, your one away from the manufacturer. Yeah. So it's just like um, the guy that builds his kit car or whatever or you know i i'm i know when i buy this car it's going to do this and why do i need seat belts etc 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 it's because you might resell it and that's why some of that stuff still sticks around but the driving schools are still available for you to go do it's just not included with the car and if you really wanted to be technical if you're going to do that you're probably going to have to sue the previous owner of the car too I'm, I'm not suing mine because it took me nine weeks to get it. So I'm not suing anybody. <laughs> no, but do you do you think there should be a legal requirement to own a car like this? I mean, you've got well, I'd say quarter million sticker price, but they're literally selling for two hundred over sticker. Go out and buy a GT3 RS. I'd say no. I'm not as worried about that. Like the guy that wants to buy a car like that, he probably has built up to that point or slowly assimilated to that level of that car. He's probably done a little bit on the side. Hopefully maybe went to track day um, or a concourse, not a concourse. Uh, what do you call it? That wheels doing autocross autocross. Um, 
I'm more worried about the guy that's texting and driving. I hate to bring that back up. I hate to sound like an old man, but that's that's the next know. five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, hold off, Jason. Sorry about that. You know, I, 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 I'll jump in because I agree. I don't think that there should have to be a legal obligation in any way of of needing high performance driving classes specifically if you're going to buy a high performance car. I think this goes back to something I've mentioned many times on the show. Driver's education in America sucks and it needs to be bettered and it needs to be enhanced. And we need to teach our younger generations how to properly drive and handle a piece of technology that can kill anyone at any moment. That's the problem. Whether it's an, a heavy vehicle, a lightweight vehicle, a high-performance vehicle, you need to have better driver's education to understand how these machines operate. Because what other machine do we put into everybody in this country's hands if they want it that literally can go out and kill as many people as you want until somebody stops you? Because that's what you've done with an automobile. There's other machines like that, but not as literally re as not readily as available. Not as prevalent and readily available as the automobile. You can go uh, rent an automobile. And I'm going to say anybody, doesn't matter um, if they have a license or not, can, like you say, legally go in and buy a car. It doesn't matter if I have a driver's license. Um, I guess it doesn't. But it... I'll agree with you, and I've said it for years, too, is driver's education in this country sucks. But now we're going out, and you have we'll – take, we'll take my good buddy, uh, Elon Musk. And now, of course, all he drives is a Tesla. But there was a point in his life when he first sold PayPal, he went out and bought a McLaren F1. And wrapped it. And he was going to lunch to talk about, I don't know, buy another company or something. He had a guy in the car with him. And he said something about what can it do? And Musk punched it and smashed the car into something. It's He never took a driving school. He never cared. He was an arrogant, rich son of a bitch that had enough money to buy a McLaren. And I'm going to do it. And I'm, you know, I'm going to drive it. So there's a sense, you know, when you have that much money and I, I saw it all the time at Barber's and on the racetrack and track days, people that went out and bought the most expensive, fastest Porsche they could or whatever and show up on the track and stuff it into a wall, stuff it into a wall. Watched a guy do it with a brand new M5, spun it into the wall. Uh, it's they just they think money buys talent and it doesn't. Incidentally, I think this week is the 50th anniversary of the M-Class series from BMW. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Money what a way to wrap money? that 10 seconds. No. <laughs> what 10 seconds? Hold on a second. I'm getting an audience comment. I, I was going to say, or is it that money buys fun? Um, talent, but fun. And they get to do it for fun. Did you guys how, hear that? Money buys how, fun, and you get to do it how, for fun. How fun is it, though, within the first minute when you take your $125,000 investment and stuff it into a wall and total it? 
can they really think that sounds though? Oh, I, I, the guy I watched stuff, the BMW that he was actually hosting a dinner immediately after that track day at his restaurant. Um, yeah, he wasn't exactly in the best of moods. So, but like I said, it happens all, all the time when it comes comes to cars. It goes back to education, but which would be a good time to plug Will's uh, driving autocross in. Oh yes, maybe I've got a little banner or something I can pop up about that if I can find my cursor. Again. What a better way to familiarize yourself with your car than spending it a day in the parking lot with some cones and some other folks that can share some pointers instead of doing it in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah, but <laughs> carts are, carts are so fun to wreck. <laughs> there you go. The Grip Autocross. Remember, if you're making a contribution to the show, either through Patreon or um, buy us a coffee, no drivinggloves.com uh, forward slash coffee. Um, all money's received until the end of Will's garage sale, which keep in mind, Big Oak garage sale this Friday and Saturday. Uh, all that money is going to be contributed to Grip Autocross because it is a non-for-profit 501c3 with a goal of benefiting uh, local youth in that and getting them into the automotive trade and the automotive hobby. I didn't hear him mention in the podcast last week. Did he say if you had to have uh, helmet and all that, or I never did hear that. I'm sure that's on the website. But. We asked about it, but I'm going to have to double check. I don't think they have loaner helmets, but we'll find out. We'll put put that. It's probably somewhere on his website, which I could probably pop that up here still too, because we had the easy way to get to it. There we go. No drivinggloves.com forward slash grip. Uh, we'll take you immediately to the registration page, which has links to all the rules, all everything, lim limited number of in, uh, entrants, etc. So that's what's going on there. Not to overly plug Will, but and he's not even on the show. <laughs> As I say, he's gonna have to double his sponsorship money for this week. <laughs> so let's go ahead and. Uh, We'll hit start here, and we'll talk about, I don't know, do we want to narrow it down to distracted driving, or do we want to narrow it down to items sold that distract drivers? I think they're two different topics. Hmm. 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 We got distracted drivers from the, the audience. So, yeah, let's go distracted drivers. Okay. So, distracted drivers using items that are sold that distract drivers. Got it. All right. Roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Jason, world. you've been, you've been hot on this. It's your, you got to roll. Come on. What do you got? Well, Dana's car has a DVD player in the front. And I put a DVD in the other day, and it was playing uh, just to see if it would play. So, yeah, I don't know why they uh, make the opportunity for you to even play a DVD. Were you in park or were you in drive? Uh, I was driving, and it was playing in the front of the car oh, on, the, on the screen. Mm -mm. 
That's not supposed to happen unless you have your autopilot on and you can watch it on your Tesla screen. Mm-hmm. Well, you always get those default things that pop up to say, are you driving or are you a passenger? So that I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. Oh, yeah. I love those. Are, 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 you, know, are you the passenger? <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Yeah, actually, right <laughs> now I am the passenger because I'm not paying any attention to my driving. <laughs> yeah. I love that, too. It's like, really? And, and anybody can... Anybody in the car can answer that question. Like, what? No, no. <laughs> no, it really doesn't make sense whether it's, I mean, distracted drivers, again, it goes back to driver's education in this country, not teaching us, not teaching people to not be distracted. But we, I think we've talked about this on the show before. Like, everything that is being added to the automobile is just another distraction from driving the car. It's, you know, your infotainment systems with touch screens. So you can change, you know, your radio easier and whatever you have your whole little map screen up. And in the case of Dana's car, evidently you can watch movies on it while you're driving. I mean, Hey, why not? Well, Aside from that, it has uh, like the 10-day forecast. I mean, literally, while you're driving down the road, you can watch 10-day forecast. It has a live radar of the weather. And you can sit there and zoom in and out and zoom in and left and right and up and down. You can move it all the way across the country to somewhere else. You can put in zip codes other places. Um, You can see the forecast for the next 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. And all this stuff while you're driving down the road. I learned a lot about her car because I've been driving it for about nine weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks not to have a car, right? Yes, it and, does. He had, and he hasn't wrecked it. Playing with the screen <laughs> and looking at radar, he still hasn't wrecked it. It's got like 18 cup holders in there. You know, I want to s- say that I think the touch screen is even more so the biggest contributor to distracted driving. Um, and not talking about touchscreen cell phones, but I like a tactile button that I can feel and it's in the same spot, same time, and it does its function. Uh, I was a big, I want to say critic of the BMW iDrive system until I used it. And I have that in, in my mini. I like that. You know, I, it's still, you still could do a touchscreen, but the iDrive system, it's a button and it, you know, it's a knob that rotates and you push and so you got to still kind of watch the screen, but everything's right there and you're not worried about where your finger's going and vibrating and hitting a bump and you accidentally, you know, turn something else on or turn something else off. It's, I wish they would go back to buttons. And from what I understand, some manufacturers have actually leaned to go back to buttons. And then, of course, then you have like Mercedes with its Equos that has the entire television set dashboard, <laughs> you know, three screens right across. And the big thing is they say, well, it makes right and left hand drive cheaper. And but, you know what else is fun is the heads up display. So if, if you don't have enough distracted you over here and over here and cup holders in your phone, then you've always got the heads up display that's right in the middle of your face and I don't know how many times I'm trucking down the road and I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm going, wow, I didn't know I could do that there. And then I realized there's a stoplight right there. Oh, well, then you get the uh, side view and re- um, rear view cameras, you know, side view cameras to replace your mirrors and that. So you've got three television sets or te- three moving pictures showing you what's going on. There's just, 
it's more information to take in and dis- really distract you because if something pops out in the background or does something, it's you wouldn't have noticed it if you weren't watching your camera. And they're all, and, and I know I sound like I'm speaking against this, but they're all driving aids, which makes it more fun or user friendly. But if you think about it, I do it. I'm driving down the road and I'm adjusting the heads up display. I'm switching to the different pages that you can do. I'm over here down the touch screen, checking the weather, you know, whatever it might be and changing the, you know, changing the channel. But, you know, that's not what it used to be. We used to push a button or use a dial. Now you got to find a place and tap it on the screen, but there's all kinds of distractions in the car now. You know, every time the timer ran out, when I was talking, (laughs) you made a noise Jason just blew it by like 30 seconds. You were just like, oh, isn't that nice? Jason's just chatting away. <laughs> oh, I can go on. Okay. So <laughs> starting, starting to feel like I'm the uh, third wheel here. Maybe. <laughs> I was looking for another possible noise that I could make for you. Oh, look, we got this car one. (laughs) That's perfect. Perfect. So I got to use my soundboard. We maybe came to no conclusions. You don't need a special license to drive fast. You don't need a special license to drive heavy. Uh, You can watch DVDs in your car, according to some manufacturers. It's always important to know the forecast 10 days out while you're driving. (laughs) Those road trips, you're going down Route 66 or something, you want to know. Can we put another minute and a half on the board so we can talk about whether or not we should use soundboards during our podcast? No. No. I've got this other soundboard with uh, nine selections, but it's not labeled. I could just randomly hit things here. Careful. Huh? Give another two minutes. Careful, we don't know what might be on there. <laughs> What's odd about that is all those sounds sounds like the cars noises that Derek's cars make on a regular <laughs> basis. Jason is a regular on the show now. <laughs> going if uh, I don't have a steam sounding one, but Derek doesn't have a steam car yet. Yeah, it's only it's only ten o'clock. There's plenty of time to get another one. Hey, I'm 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 picking up at least one this weekend. One new car. Oh wow. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might be a topic for next week. Might not be. Or not. <laughs> John, why do you not have a car? Why do you not have a project something? I live Nobody in an apart- I live in an apartment. That's okay. Have you been to Walmart or Advanced Auto Parts and seen people doing work in the parking lot? You could do it. Yes. You're not supposed to do that. And everybody knows I adhere to every rule (laughs) in the strictest way possible. I am always amazed when I go to Advanced (laughs) Auto Parts, well, any of these auto part places, there's always a guy changing his oil. There's a guy changing an alternator. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 careful. Sometimes when you're on a cross-country road trip, you're changing the alternator in the AutoZone parking lot. Been there, done that, 
had I'll to do, do it in a Miata of my yeah. a friend's Miata. And let me tell you what, a Miata is terrible to change an alternator at like nine o'clock at night in the parking lot of an auto zone. I'll give you an alternator. That That's not a messy job. But, you know, when I see people, they got oil just draining across the parking lot. That's I, I can't believe how disrespectful some folks there, are about that. That's that's called resurfacing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of the parking lot up there to tomorrow just for fun. I'm going to pass it around. Well, you do it in AutoZone. I've had two conversations in the last three days that $50 is too much to pay for an oil change. So you just do it at AutoZone. You don't have to worry about disposal. You don't have to. <laughs> and if you're missing something, they'll let you borrow it. It's right there. You know, you do what I do. You drive through a deep puddle, you get your oil change. <laughs> Seriously? Hey. Really? Or, or the way John... The old oil back in my new motor. <laughs> or the way John used to do it. Every time he needed an oil change, he just bought a new car. Yeah, one of my memories on Facebook today, Amanda had come into the house to tell me I had a flat tire uh, in my old F-150. So this was like 10 years ago. And I had just looked at a new Mercedes SL like that weekend, two, three days earlier. And it was an honest question. Do I get the tire fixed or do I buy the SL? Because the trucks, you know, it, it's not repairable. That's damn near a total. I can't believe Dana's not chiming in because usually when it's time for an oil change, I usually trade it in on something. That's Usually about six months was the is the time frame, but after this last car purchase, I'm going to hold out for a while, and I'm going to keep my car for a while. This is not where you're going. I'm noticing uh, Bob Bunnis's comment. I remember yeah. back when the only distraction was a girl sitting next to you, and come to think of it, he had an accident because of that too. But you see, if you had job, Jason's wife's car, you could <laughs> slip in a uh, not necessarily safe for work DVD. <laughs> And that's even going to be more distracting. <laughs> wow. So we maybe we accomplished something tonight. Hopefully we made 10 or 12 people laugh. What a place to end. Well, isn't that the way those movies always end? A big spectacular finish and then it's over. <laughs> I don't know. I've never watched one, so. Mm-hmm. You don't ever watch mm-hmm. yourself? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not even going to go there, John. I think it's just time to say goodnight. <laughs> oh, I got to have more buttons to push, though. I didn't go through them all. Do another fart. Uh, oh, I'm getting a request for the uh, the fart, but how about the evil? <laughs> Dana, Dana's going to be checking what DVDs are stored in the car now. <laughs> Got to go. Okay, we, we we need to calm down. I don't know. We're not. It's not them. It's, it's me, Dana. It's the uh, no driving gloves after dark. Now it's yeah, whole new concept here from we, here on we, out. We, we have actually talked about that concept. Yeah, <laughs> NDG NDG after hours. <laughs> you can find that on the Odyssey. Because YouTube won't let you necessarily put some of that stuff up. And possibly the new Elon Musk Twitter that is uncensored. 
Well, I guess we can count him on as a guest after you bash him. She, she was she was hot, but it, I lost a '69 Chevelle, which was fast. Did you? Did you <laughs> I was going to say, did you did you lose the Chevelle and her, or like, you know, if it, if it worked out with her, the Chevelle replaceable, right? It's not like losing like a '69 Charger or something. So. Oh. <laughs> Boy, boy, that one guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. Never get over the Chevelle. Probably got over the girl. Mm-hmm. Well, as anybody knows me, listen to maybe four or five of these episodes. I tell time by either the car I have or the girl I had. It's usually the girl and then the, the car focuses it down a little bit more. But I think I'm going to get out of here tonight, guys. The same here. Time for bed. Thank you for joining us tonight, Jason. Hopefully oh, we didn't get you in trouble with the wife or anything. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll invite her instead of you. Oh, yeah, sure. So. You'll have to I think we appreciate all the support you give the podcast and such. That's why we like, you know, like to invite you on now and then and give, we might pop in and see if we can pull a couple other, uh, of our regulars, you know, we've had you on as a show. We've had Phil on as a show before. Mm-hmm. Probably due to get Phil back here when he his life settles down a little bit. Yeah. I do think I, that and, we, we need a uh, no driving gloves field trip. I do agree that that way everybody can get together maybe and drive drive somewhere uh, that might be in close proximity to everyone and go to visit a museum or a racetrack or a cars and coffee or something. You know, whatever. You know, I, I haven't done the math here or looked at a map, but I can't imagine a drive from Big Oak Garage to Nashville would be that difficult. Mm-hmm. John, you'd probably know it better. It would be. It's oh, my audience left. I think it's about four, four and a half hours to Nashville. So we can I mean, do it. Anybody that follows the uh, no driving gloves could could attend and show up somewhere. Mm. I've always wanted to kind of put a tour together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know, nice driving tour from either oh, yeah. Big Oak up, up to the lane or from the lane mm-hmm. down to Big Oak. Right. That's your assignment this week. Well, you could do Big Oak to um, Coker Tire to the lane, and that would give you an overnight in Chattanooga. And then Coker Tire could sponsor the No Driving Gloves road tour. I don't have any connections there anymore. According to Google Maps, it is three hours and 23 minutes right now from Hmm. Hoax Bluff, Alabama to Lane Motor Museum. I worked for Jeff Stump for a few years. He's a a pretty tight with Corky. Corky I don't. Corky well, doesn't. Corky is not really involved that much. Oh, yeah, Corky it? sold it. Corky well, sold Jeff the is. company off. Jeff is. Uh, he's. Uh, I was just on their website yesterday, and Jeff was on there passing checks out. So I used to work with him for a couple of years. We'll take one of those checks. Yeah. Heck yeah. But be looking now that we're finally caught up on the audio shows being released. Um, go ahead and you know check out nodrivinggloves.com, back episodes, etc. Go to the um, store on there. Uh, we're going to be having um, 
I'm in talks with, and we just got to hammer down a date. I've, we've even got a topic, but we're going to have Tony Watley back on, uh, Side Hustle Millionaire. Order his book on that site. This time, it will be 100% car talk with him. We're not going to steal an hour of Tony's time and try to get him to consult us on business. That last show, I feel so bad about. I should send him a check, but <laughs> what I can afford to send him doesn't pay for an hour of his time. Is there? Did you say there was a No Driving Gloves merchandise page? Uh, yes, it's. Um, let me see what I've got it headed. What the header is? It basically links to some of the products we like, and then uh, like when we've had a lot of authors and books and stuff on. Oh, but you can't buy like a No Driving Gloves hoodie or a coffee cup or. Uh, not yet. Uh, I'm in the process of working on um, getting a site together. You know, through like Teespring or something where you'll be able to buy no driving gloves gear. I've come up with a new, you know, you'll get the logo, but I've also come up with an, another little idea and I want, I need to work with, I'm trying to work with and get an agreement with a third par party out of it. So, but you go to, uh, yeah, no driving gloves.com stuff. Hmm. We got a few things on there. We've got a couple of products, product, uh, Interviews coming up. Um, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, Tony's book's still there. He was on, if you're not sure who we're talking about, episode 70 and 129 for uh, Tony. Um, real cool guy and uh, got some neat, neat cars. Yeah. And lo loves orange cars. Yes, he does. He likes orange. Well, where's that in broadcast button? Same We're out of here. To, we're yep. out of here tonight. Take it easy. See you.